Welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. This week, we're finishing up the, the Three Flavors Cornetto with The World's End. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Uh, I'm afraid to admit how far into the movie before I realized I wasn't watching this as the end. Still like the movie, but yeah, that's that's on me. That's on me. Well, well, they, you know, they both came out in the same year, so got got <laughs> that going. Uh, the uh, Andy of the uh, group, Keith Swetland, fellas. Hey, we've been spending <laughs> a lot of time uh, across the pond, so I thought we should uh, take a moment and throw a quick prayers up. Just a big oh, uh, Jesus. Big uh, prayers up moment, moment of silence for all the the royalty Prince P over there. All the goofy ass dumb shit accents we've been listening to for the last three movies, just reminding me of that. So first of all, they're I not some... goofy or dips; they're just English accents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there it is. All right, okay. So, uh, so we're finishing the three flavors Cornetto. With The World's End, once again, directed by Edgar Wright, uh, starring Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, Martin Freeman, Pierce Brosnan, the second straight movie with a Bond. Apparently, uh, it could technically be three, because one of the girls in one of the first ones was a Bond, was one of the Bond girls or something. Like, not like a famous one, but like a Bond girl was in the first one, supposedly. And uh, uh, probably the best James Bond. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. We know. Yeah, that's my that's my spicy podcast opinion there. <laughs> yeah, that you're a big Timothy best, Dalton fan. We got it. The best. <laughs> no, the no, best Bond with some Pierce of Brosnan. the worst movies. Unfortunately, yeah, Pierce Brosnan's just just delightful. He, he is a great Bond. <laughs> He's at uh, least one or two. Like, I mean, Connery was a pretty good Bond. Yeah. Or. He's just hiding the fact that Timothy Dalton's his number one. So <laughs> I've got a Timothy Dalton poster on my wall. <laughs> I can see I like it to, right now. I like, okay. I like to uh, I, I like to look him in the eyes in the middle of the act. <laughs> oh, jeez. That, that went there. Sweet, okay. Sweet baby Jesus. Uh, movie. Tim. Tim. <laughs> That's why you're Tim Macadamia on the Dolph Crowd. <laughs> Named after Dalton. <laughs> yeah. You're Macanutsum. <laughs> Uh, this yeah. movie also stars uh, Rosamund Pike before she scared every man with Gone Girl. Uh, who else? Where's the other rest of the cast? We have Patty Constein. Uh, you may know him from uh, Hot Fuzz. I believe he was one of the Andes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was part of Hot Fuzz as one of the other Andes. Uh, where is the other... Big name guy. He's on my IMDb. Well, when I find him, I'll find him. Wait, Eddie Marson. Yeah. He's the other, as the fifth guy. So, yes. Don't uh, forget Finch was in this movie, too. David Bradley, he's back. Yes. So, boys, overall, what do you think of the movie before we break it down? I believe, Rick, this was your first time. Yeah, first time seeing it. I was pleasantly surprised once I realized I was watching not the movie I thought I was. I liked it. <laughs> Keith? So um, I was calling it At World's End for the whole episode last time, and I'm going to continue to keep that up, but 
it turns out that's a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> oh so, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Johnny Depp and um, the squid, the squid monster, squid chin guy. He ain't. That'd be this. Davy Jones. Don't get, don't <laughs> talk too much shit. I will probably call the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise at some oh. point. I love that franchise. No, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun one to revisit. Till yeah, you got to good. the later movies that are just oh, yeah. No, but the World's End was the. I can't wait till we Love. do Pirates of the Caribbean and you call that the World's End. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's gonna forget well, what they it's are called. Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this. Uh, uh, I, I saw this movie when it came out. I remember it was. It just. I, I watched it and I liked it. Kind of took it in and uh, didn't think too much about it. So it was. It was a hoot. It was a lot of fun to watch it again. It was. It was a really like. It was, it was nice. It was, I'm going to use the word delightful a lot on this episode. So it was delightful. Uh, I do remember watching it. The, like when it first came out, I think I like, I red boxed it and I'll be honest. I didn't like it the first time watching it. I had, I watched it, I think like two days later and then I appreciated it for this, for this movie. Unlike Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead, I liked it from the get go. Uh, for this one, for me, it's just like <sighs> Simon Pegg's real asshole. <laughs> really is. Like he's got he's a heart a, of gold. He's a <laughs> no, lovable. He he's, he, he's a lovable guy, and re- you know, like in all the other movies, but th- with this one, it's just like <sighs> you just didn't grow up. You you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's the king. I'm he's the king. Yeah. Um, but overall, I enjoyed it. I watched it this morning. Uh, woke up a little early to uh, watch it, and it was overall good. Yeah. Oh, and I, by the way, uh, speaking of how we watched it, Joe, you were kind enough to hook me up with those 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 beers, those heavy beers. So I was. Yep. Th- I watched. Uh, I watched this movie with some fitting pints to go along with it. So nice. that was that was nice. I appreciated that. As you said pre-show, I was going to say, as you said pre-show, the beers made you want to buy, you know, the beers look delicious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, the way that there was a couple scenes when they had, like, the lighting just right to where the beer was glowing and just looked, just looked perfect. <laughs> it was just, yeah, just it looked nice and cold and refreshing. <laughs> Not knowing it's Foster's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was cool seeing Foster's on tap, by the way. That's a... <laughs> that was That's quite a rare one. <laughs> it was very odd. So, uh, Rick, you want to give us the plot? By the way, the budget for this was twenty million. They they did American this time. So it was <laughs> the highest for them, right? Like, yeah. Hey, what's that in euros? <laughs> yeah, a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 100, guys, 100 and gals, million. gather around. Million euros. <laughs> And let me break down the plot of The World's End for you. Gary King, played by, as Joe said, our lovable Simon Pegg, has never been able to get over the greatest night of his life from high school or whatever the equivalent is for England. High school. Uh, When he and his friends tried and failed to complete the Golden Mile, uh, run through their town of New Haven of 12 bars that are pubs, as they call it across the pond, of uh, a pint Oops. at a pub each. The habitual liar decided to regain his high school glory, as it's now 20 years later, and, well, 
Things aren't going too well for old Gary. By getting his friends back together to try and once again and actually finish the pub crawl this time. But things seem off for the group as they return home. And what starts off as an attempt for glory turns into a fight for not just their lives, but the lives of everyone on planet (laughs) Earth. And that, my friends, is The World's End. Yeah, the movie, one of my favorite things about this movie is that compared to the other ones, it seems at first to have pretty like low stakes. So like it was just uh, just some kind of a movie about maintaining relationships into your 30s and the difficulties of life and alcoholism and moving on and growing up. What does growing up mean? Is growing up good? Is it bad? Whatever. But then like at the very last, like 90 seconds of the movie, the stakes turn massive. <laughs> I thought that was kind of neat. Like that was why, like, cause like I said, I thought I was like, was preparing for this is the end. So like, the fact that it was such a slow build, I'm like, I thought this is the end, like just shot off right at the beginning or whatever. <laughs> and like in the beginning, I'm just like, this movie's really depressing. Simon Pegg is just a shithole who never got over being the cool kid in high school and not maintaining that later in life, as we learn right off the bat in his AA meeting. Uh, yeah, Simon Pegg, uh, Pegg plays a alcohol uh, alcoholic and... You know, with this movie, once again, it's that Edgar Wright forte of that it gives away the entire movie within the first three minutes because it does the montage of of, uh, Gary King uh, uh, reliving his glory day, as as he would put it, the one day. And, it you know, he goes pub by pub, and that's what happens during the movie. Once again, you know, I we meet up with Sam, um, the sister, at bar four. What happens at bar four? They meet up with her again, you know, <laughs> just like it's just that thing of all right, this is what the movie's going to be. So for the next hour forty, you're gonna get what we just told you. Yeah, I thought with this one there was even less oh, I mean that yeah, I mean that stuff definitely happened. I'm thinking this movie was like less the uh, less foreshadowing of what was going to happen with the supernatural twist because they each kind of have their own like weird little i i guess hot fuzz isn't really supernatural it's just a cult but it's twist and they're the only time that they really like like hinted at it was when uh they saw basil from across the bar with the crazy straw and they talked about how he was a conspiracy theorist and he was totally right the whole time it turned out in the end so i thought this i remember when I first watched this movie, it was just like a the baseball bat to the teeth with the twist. Like what? There's ro- it's robots. What? <laughs> I caught I caught the fo- foreshadowing though this time. So because at for for the end the um they called it the network, the alien or you know the the giant light bulb in the sky is there, the <laughs> alien. Um. Very funny, called, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they called it the network, and there is a scene. The scene where they're at the one of the pubs, and they have no signal, but they have full bars. They go, "Well, the network's down." Oh, oh okay. yeah. No, all, right. all right. Also, the network. The network was is someone who's been in all three movies. It's Peg's dad from the first stepdad from the first movies. Yeah. To complete oh, the, his run through the, the, the Tornado voice? trilogy. The voice, yeah, the yeah. voice was the um 
Where is it at? He's probably at the very end. Um, uh, no, he's not. Uh, well, yeah, the I'm gonna show the guy that. who played the dad from the first one and the one of the leaders of the police in the second one. Hello. Yeah. Um, I also just found it really interesting that like the whole bit from the first two was that Peg's the straight man like he's the guy trying to be the savior and get through everything and that Frost is kind of the degenerate loser but they flipped that dynamic for this movie and I thought that was actually kind of like that's a big risk to take when your other two movies were so successful playing it one way but to flip the script this time was kind of cool yeah I've I've enjoyed I've enjoyed these I've been. I've kind of. I started this comparison in my head last night of the Apatow verse. Because this movie, these movies kind of have similar themes. I feel like to the what was that knocked up. This is forty super bad. Maybe not super bad so much, but like. But that genre. Lot, yeah, a lot of those movies, especially the one where Paul Rudd turns. The one before he turns forty, but yeah, whatever, whichever that one. That's knocked up. Yeah, 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 but like. Judd, according to Judd Apatow, like to be like a good productive adult, you just pretty much just have to stop smoking weed. So that's like the Apatow. So it's like almost kind of a conservative outlook on life a little bit. And I thought these movies were like they take a more like complex view of aging and growing up. And I thought that was kind of neat. And like, cause like it is difficult for folks to maintain relationships. Like once they get close to forty into their thirties, and like what like this kind of a tackled a different look at alcoholism in this movie he was just a sick a sick kid basically he never grew up and he's trying to figure out how to like fix himself and he thought that this was like his last shot at glory and in his mind in his sort of ill mind how to fix himself well yeah it was his attempt to try and regain like that what was it he could it was because like he was supposed to have his whole world ahead of him like that night was supposed to be like the kickoff of him into adulthood and his promise. And like, but that ended up being his high point. Like he never reached it. Yeah. And then, also like, weird for a group of men to talk about not maintaining relationships later in life. There's <laughs> three people who have been friends since the second grade. Hey, 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 we're, we're a success story here. You know, we're, <laughs> we're blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> but like, it, it, you're, you're right. Like this movie points out the fact that there's, a lot of the high school or seniors, they think there's always going to be that one crowning day that like, this is it. This is the beginning of my new life. And then it goes back down the hill. Well, I think that it's really telling that he like the scene after he's talking about that, he's like pouring his heart out. He's just miserable and AA and depressed. And later on we learned that he tried to kill himself. And so like, that's sort of a, like to, to have that in mind that, like an event when you're 19 years old is the peak tippy top of your life is like, that's, that that's depressing. Like there's no, like everything gets so much better when you're past 19. And that was his, like in his mind, his peak, like no wonder he's dark and depressed. Dude, yeah. This movie is like hella depressing. Like There's just <laughs> points where I'm like, fuck dude, this is, this is a lot. Also the one thing I've loved about all these movies and the Cornetto trilogy is how well they set the stage like in that first five minutes like they just instantly put you in the universe you instantly learn everything you need to learn to set the stage for the rest of the movie and like without like really being heavy-handed about it like it's just so smooth like it's one aspect of these films that's just so nice that you you know what you need to know Mm -hmm. right away so it makes it easy to watch the film 
they're very good at characters. Like you, you know everything you need to know about the the five mm-hmm. of them before you like you know a character trait for each one. Like uh, Martin Freeman's cell phone headpiece was cracking me up the whole movie. Like he's he's such a he's such a nerd. <laughs> Who? But that's funny because you think now in 2021, that's what everybody has in. Like my boss has an earpiece in at all times. <laughs> it's still nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and oh, and the I liked how the the one guy kept on reminding everyone that he's dating his wife or his wife or girlfriend or whatever the 26 year old no, his new girlfriend. Yeah, the because yeah. uh, she because he's gotten a divorce. Yeah. Like, he'd gotten a divorce and was now banging his 26 year old fitness instructor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all having their own little like depressive midlife crises. And it's pretty funny how they each tackle it. And, Cause what's uh Nick Frost has his own problem too. I forget. His he wife ju- left him. His, the wife yeah. just left him like yeah. two weeks ago. But none of them are perfect. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Cause you have Gary who wants to live the life that he was when he was 18, mm-hmm. 19. Um, Andy, uh, Nick Frost's character, he's the one that, you know, wife leaves him two weeks ago. You have Steven, who's the... Hasn't drank in 17 oh years 17 because years. of an accident. We don't learn about till later in life. Yep. Uh, Steven, Steven is the one banging the contractor. I'm not the... Uh, who's banging the fitness instructor, 26-year-old <laughs> fitness instructor. Oliver is just the real estate person. And Pete is the uh, one that lives the life with the kids and like he's just bored stuck at home because he's married <laughs> well yeah and like he just works at his father's car dealership oh, how does he phrase it i'm a partner now i think is how he didn't is that how he put it <laughs> yeah did you guys uh notice the other andy from hot fuzz in this movie uh-uh. oh was he one of the shitty suit people no, the other Andy was the people looking to buy the home in the beginning of the movie. And oh, then, that's right. That <laughs> that was a good scene. And then he's also the one. He's at the very end too of when uh, Martin Freeman's character is selling him the house. What does he say to ruin the sell there? He he just walks out. You're like, how much? Oh, is he's it? like, how how much is it? Like three million. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was a good part. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I'm going to break down the pubs for you right now since I have it right here. So oh, all, 12, <laughs> all 12 pubs feature or foreshadows events that take place in the movie. Uh, the first pub they visit is called the First Post. Um, first pub. So that's where you go, right? The interior. Uh, then they go to the next one's Old Familiar. And it's the exact same uh, interior as the first one. Yeah, because... They go where everything's being made the same. Yeah, yeah. As they put, they're being starbucked. Yep, yep. I think uh, I'm. I'm not sure if I'm reaching or not, but I think it was a pretty cool metaphor. I'm pretty sure it was on purpose. Of the, the robots are taking over the world. Kind of like yeah. how, like gentrification is moving into these cool old neighborhoods. Like yeah, making, yeah, yeah. Making everything look the same and making everyone act the same. That's what. Well, that's what they do with you know. Uh, you can with all common things being look at apartments and hotels and housing. Yeah. They're built in the same location, but they're being built as the same thing. Yeah. Or so even, it's just being similar, yeah. but you know, I thought it was funny that, you know, they go to the second one, old familiar and like, Oh, here we go. And it's like, wait, it's the same, same layout. Uh, then the next one's the famous cock. 
However, Gary King <laughs> is recognized and as a as a bad teenager, so they can't uh, go in there. Uh, they worked together during a fight at the Cross Hands. Oh, don't forget though that fucking depressing scene where he has to have a beard every one. Where's all the fucking em- like wounded soldiers that were left outside and don't want to drink? I was like, holy fuck, that's gross and depressing. Yeah. Oh, he mixes like five beers in to yeah. get yeah. Uh, all the guys are acting like, like they're happy, right? <laughs> uh, all the guys are happy except Gary, which is reflected in the sign for the good companion, which shows four sad masks and one happy one. Uh, the drug dealer Reverend Green is mad at the trusted servant. By the, the way, bi- that was that scene was amazing when he just scoots up to him and he, he does a secret knock and then he says, "Hey, uh, you got any drugs?" Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Hey, we have a secret. We have a secret thing. Knock, knock, knock. Do you have any drugs? Uh, where are we at? The bitchy twins are mad at the two-headed dog. The mermaid, the characters are tempted to their downfall by beautiful women. The characters fight off a swarm of enemies at the beehive. And at the king's head, Gary King makes a last stand and decides to continue his journey without or anyone else's help. Uh, A a car is driven through the hole in the wall, leaving a hole in the wall. And the events that transpire at the world's end leads to the the end of the world. Leads to At World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean 5. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's one of those things we're talking about how what Edgar Wright does really well in that that he foreshadows, in a way, the whole movie, or he points out, well, this this is called the two-headed dog. Well, you see two twins, you know, or he has those subtle things that show the movie going, okay, that makes sense for this part. Well, yeah, they all, yeah these movies are very thoughtful. Like and he even does the, does the, does the Edgar Wright, like fast cuts when they're getting into cars. I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. Like the, they, the, they do that in each of the movies. They do like the sort of like Guy Ritchie style kind of like fast camera moves. Yeah. They also, you know, the whole uh, fact that uh, Gary keeps calling himself a king Gary the King, it's because the, uh, all of them have a purpose. Like, all their names have a meaning for to be, like, a medieval times type. Uh, Gary King, uh, Peter Knightley, Stephen Page. Uh, wait, where are they at? Oh, here we go. Uh, Page for Stephen, Prince, and for, like, Oliver and all that. So they do all those surnames for the court court and stuff. So, like, when Sam meets them at the pub, everybody stands but Gary. So there's that little thing of, <laughs> well, he's the king. He doesn't need to stand. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad you were there to notice that shit. That's cool. No, that is, yeah. like, a, it was just a... That's I even deeper than I thought pint. it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just enjoying a pint and giggling. Well, that's where you call IMDb, baby. <laughs> power, power knowledge. But uh, you know, it's I, I, I love the fact. One of the scenes I liked was the fact when he finds a way to get everybody to go to Newton Haven, the old village that they lived by. You know, oh, everybody's getting back together. Is Andy coming? Oh yeah, yeah, he's good. And then you go meet Andy, and then you know they had they had a fallout. 
yeah, I think I would fall out too if my friend OD'd. I flipped a car because I was too drunk to drive it, and then he pissed off after that, and I got arrested for it. <laughs> yeah, the, his schemes to gather them were great because they were very like alcoholic guy energy schemes. Like I've I've seen people like that like or, orbiting around my life before, and I get that they have that logic. That's very like depressed guy sort of bipolar alcoholism sort of logic it was really well written I like Just how they so <laughs> manipulative yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh and here's your even, like, here's your six hundred dollars you know i owe you uh-huh i <laughs> <Yeah>, loved it <laughs> I, I, I lent him 200 bucks yeah he borrows 200 also. from everyone you know the whole fucking thing where he doesn't have a license and he's been using i think peace oh, license the whole yeah. time <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I haven't changed the title. Don't worry about it. Where do you think you're getting get all those point. points from? Yeah. <laughs> let oh, me yeah, ask you let me ask you guys this. So there's the uh scene in the very beginning when he when he's in his AA meeting and he gives everything away, the whole plot of the movie. Do you think he would have went to Newton Haven if the guy next to him went so you didn't finish? to me it seemed like he was at peace with that was the best night of my life and then the guy's like well you didn't do it and then that kick started the idea i mean he seemed like he was pretty epically depressed either way so maybe not but i mean i mean that dude had a lot of fucking problems yeah he would have done something and this was clearly important to him Hmm. but um yeah this this movie made me wish that i had uh Especially after COVID, maybe I'll go do a pub crawl. It looks like a good thing to go do. This really <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, oh, just a bunch of ice cold beer and nice cold glasses. <laughs> yeah, sounds just amazing. Like, walking around town, kind of start starting the daylight. They're like stumbling through downtown, all drunk, trying to find the next bar. Um, dude. So Gary, fucking creeper. His friends are about to ditch him, and then he just starts talking to that one kid in the pub. Was one of the <laughs> yeah. creepiest things I've ever Loved seen. It. I don't mind it. Only if he wasn't doing it when they're both peeing. You, know? <laughs> you don't. You don't talk in the bathroom. It's just weird. Just don't. Especially because, okay. like, it felt like he was coming on to the kid. Almost, it was very weird. Well, I mean, I don't know about the argument about talking during peeing or not, but that seemed like a very realistic scene to me. Like, I've I've had that experience at bars before, where you get sucked into dumb adventures before by strangers. <laughs> it's that seemed like in 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 um in. Many other scenarios, that kid would have been like, yeah, all right, cool, let's go. <laughs> I mean, maybe not with someone who's clearly almost 25 years older than you. Yeah, and he was, like, bragging about doing the Kyle punch on the wall. <laughs> there. <laughs> Rick, did you see robots coming? No, I didn't. And then, I mean... It's aliens, though. It's not just robots. It's Robot alien yeah. robots. Oh, yeah. They kept on the... They don't like it when you call them robots. That was a pretty clever scene. As pretty they clever, keep calling them, what, blank? Too. The blanks? Yeah, the, yeah, the blanks. Or, like, like robot is, like, an old Romanian for slave or something. Or, yeah. uh, <laughs> no, did not see that coming. Uh, I have a note down that says, what the fuck? The kid is a robot. What is happening? <laughs> then he loses his head by getting rock bottom into a urinal. Oh, God. And then there was also a people's elbow later. So fucking awesome. Nice. Yeah, the fighting was solid in this movie. Like I was just about to bring that up. Like, yeah, this was a like, different damn. 
different type of movie because of the fact that they have more action in this. Because yeah. if you think about it, in Shaun of the Dead, there's some action, but there's really not much. Hot Fuzz is a lot more they gun action. They also suck at it. And they suck <laughs> at it. But this even one then, is, it's not till the end. Yeah, and then Hot Fuzz is guns. <laughs> and then this one is just full-on hand-to-hand, like they all know badly, you know, how to fight. <laughs> oh, and, what? Did y'all, and did y'all notice they listened to my they listened to my bitching a little bit? And I think there was probably fifty percent less CG blood in this one. There was actually like lots of real blue goop flying around. This was blue goop. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yes, Keith. The movie that was made almost a decade ago definitely listened to our last podcast and made sure <laughs> there was less CG. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's possible, you know. It's possible. You know, when I when we do the uh, other wrestling shows, uh, you know, uh, no so entertainment dot com, you know, we make the joke, we make the comment, and then the next week it happens. <laughs> and, I, and I have seen it before. We <laughs> hawked it into existence. Who knows? By the way, speaking of that, uh, my silly proclamation there of my my bold uh, t- time traveling statements being true. I loved the there was they kept they kept on doing the jokes in this movie where I think Gary would say just a ridiculously incorrect statement. Like yeah. I remember he kept on like we're the we're the five musketeers or that's that's fifty drinks and then someone's like no that's actually sixty drinks. <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah you alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. There's just no arguing with you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yep yeah yeah. So I love yeah, that, Gary, but. you're wrong, right? I didn't say I was wrong. <laughs> there was just a mistake. I said I've only ever been right this time. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm glad that Simon Pegg was playing the the like whatever the dirtbag guy because he had the he was he was really good at it because there, there was like the part where he like does the whistle and then the finger going through the whole motion for sex and he's like he like kind of hints at it and says you know like who I fucked he's <laughs> like he's, he like starts subtle and then he's kind of he's just not a bright guy. He's drunk and depressed. So, Simon yeah. Pegg, he's just so good. I love yeah. Simon Pegg. Yeah. He's just so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last scene in the movie, when Gary calls, says uh, they call me the king, and he strikes, he strikes the same pose as Aragon does in the Return of the King. Keith, ah, nice. I'm I'm not going to make us do that series. I've seen it too many hundreds of times. It'd be a boring podcast. Says the man <laughs> now, sure. <laughs> so all uh, the blanks they were uh, blue and green. So that's oh, how nice. you can determine who they were. That's funny. Oh, when there you go. His sobriety. Oh, when he takes all the shots. Like, oh, the so noise. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, Andy, you, you've been sober for 17 years after what happened. And just watch him down everything. I love that. And like, that's the funny thing because that's what they brought up in that, the opening foreshadow. <laughs> uh, we would go to this pub and then Andy would have too many shots. <laughs> nice. And then, was uh, that after I, they saw the robots that he decided to drink? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. that was like... He it just was after they fought. Out. Yeah, that was cool. And, the, and I the, like, like... He made that noise with each shot because it was so like visceral and like just like, oh, this is uncomfortable watching him just like swill down this like well vodka or whatever they were drinking. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I like I like the scene of when they're fighting the robots and so it's like the dual scenes of what Gary's happening, Gary in the bathroom, and everybody else is at the table. And then the whole reason why Andy's there is because Gary said his mom died. And then Gary mom calls him on the <laughs> yeah. like Nokia S large cell phone brick. 
It just says bump <laughs> on it. <laughs> and like he, and then Gary, then Gary knocks the alien's head off. And then um, Andy walks in like, we need to talk about this. <laughs> and, you know, Gary's freaking out. Like, I don't know what happened. And again, he's like not giving a damn about what he sees in front of him. Yeah, yeah. It's just that the mom has called and like, you said your mom was dead. <laughs> and then he notices the blue, uh, blue got you know headless ooze thing and um, they played that so well because that was kind of like the that was really the transition that was kind of the start of act two or whatever in it yeah because the the movie it was like that was the peak of the relationship problems was him lying about his mother because that was like the big the big evil twist that's how he got everyone out there and then he was he was revealed and then it escalated like it escalated higher and higher like oh no it turns out robots is the problem don't worry about don't worry about uh lying about dead moms this is the real problem now <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't worry about gary tricking you all to come back to this yeah. town as an absolutely garbage human being yeah oh by the way did y'all notice they just took some like really cool looking public transportation to get to that town like they all took it that like, wow. <laughs> they took the train wouldn't it be nice if we had infrastructure in this country <laughs> yeah just saying country? like uh America's terrible and our leadership hates us. That's <laughs> there it is, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things I liked was the fact when they go to the first post and they're like, we have five beers. And it's like, no, it's four beers and a water. And Gary's, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what is, what is <laughs> He was so offended. I haven't, well, being the alcoholic, then yeah, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I for this movie watching it this time, I actually enjoyed it a lot more than the first time. Yeah, it was great. Hey, um, uh, surprise! What would a at World's End cocktail be? I'll start out. Give you a time to think. I haven't thought about it at all, but um, just a beer in a glass, cold beer. Yeah, put into a cup. I'll have a cold beer shaken <laughs> and stirred. Just shake know. it up. And, no, 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 no. Okay, here it is. I got it. I got it. It's a if 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 we were to be podcasting this in person, we would all be drinking beer out of a pint at, with a straw. No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> just just like Basil, <laughs> I'd be drinking it out of a curly straw. Yeah, crazy yeah. straw. <laughs> what is what's his line about the crazy straw? Like, not so crazy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> not so crazy after all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they. The, I don't know. It's just for me. It watch seeing them all, and it's fun. Like how they, you know, in the foreshadow how like uh, Stephen didn't make it past here. Ollie didn't make it past here, and then once uh, Martin Freeman's character gets recreated by the blanks, and they go to the next bar, and like there's that one moment of like. Gary's like, I think I'm on to you. But then he's like, man, I don't know who you are, but I love the new you. Uh, but I thought that was oh, kind yeah, of funny. When, yeah, when he starts turning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and uh, back to the action real quick. I can I can mention something else there. So the I think something really cool about the fight choreography, I was complimenting earlier, but it went really well because the robots like didn't really fight that well. They just kind of fought like humans, which I thought was pretty cool. They weren't like terribly strong or... They weren't like a bunch of Terminators out there running around. They were just, they well, were able to the get end, their heads knocked off. They just wanted peace. They weren't like really looking to like <laughs> forcefully take over. Like they wanted it yeah. to be done nicely. 
So like they weren't really <laughs> built for fighting. They just kind of overwhelmed you with numbers and constantly creating new ones. So what did the blanks like? And maybe you guys might know, or if not, well, how did the blanks trans like? Did it like made you one of them? Because they kept trying to do the energy thing by palming your face. But I think that was mainly. Did they like, suck your soul? What no? What they happens? take they take your DNA and they make make a robot out of you. Like I think that like energy thing was just a way of knocking you out or something. Because they say well, they like clearly got a bunch of their DNA. Like what do they do with the DNA? Do they take it back to that like place or something? Because they got a bunch of their DNA. Like when they were kissing and eating rings and shit. Like, yeah, and then they just make robots. I mean, that's how they end up making the robot, the younger yeah. robots of themselves later in the movie. Because they have oh, yeah, yeah. robots of all yeah. It's just like the, I think the like energy thing in their hands is just like a weapon that they use to knock people out. Okay, so it's just them knocking them out then to kill them, to make them... Uh, yeah, because remember they say at the end of it, like, yeah. what do they do with your real body? It's like, oh, we turned you into mulch. Mulch. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the yeah the robots were weird. It, they were just some sort of like really like like boring, slow and steady capitalism force that moves upon planets and makes everyone the same. <laughs> that was their like. That, dude, was their, that was their energy. When they were going bar to bar and everyone would just be watching them, that was so fucking creepy. Like that was so. Oh well yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was a good point, like a good shot too. Of, I think, was it they were walking to the first one, they walked past the, the couple, and then the blonde lady pushing the stroller. And then Andy stops and looks at somebody. And then they redo that like four bars later, or they walk past the exact same people. And but this time you notice everybody in the back just stop and staring. I like those shots of just seeing the mm-hmm. others just like, we're on to you. But they're god, they like everything about the like the twins and how they would talk at the same time was super fucking creepy. Uh the the twins, they were good. What were the two blondes and the redhead called again? Like what was the Oh the Marmalade? The marmalade Marmalade. the marmalade. (laughs) Like that whole thing of them being younger was just and then her swallowing the ring off of Andy's finger. Andy, I want you inside me. And then she, he fucking punches her. He's like, "Thanks for the ring." It's like, okay, that's funny. I like that they they're still willing to do the like action movie one liners. <laughs> like that was a pretty good action movie one liner. Yeah, Kate, did you like the line of that what they did when Gary meets Sam at the bar and meets her in the bathroom? <laughs> what what does he say? That was very funny because they wanted. You gave me a sign, and then he hand, she hands him a sign. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, not that one. It's not that one. It's the one where they're talking about how, why is he in here? He's like, well, we couldn't go into the disability one. It's out of order. And he's like, yeah. like why is it out of order? I don't know. Maybe they shoved a lot of pa- toilet paper down. We don't know what they're yeah. really thinking. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. No, that whole like uh, he he was such a piece of shit that he was immediately convinced that just because she had to go pee, like all right, it's it, it's time for some sex. Like this time we're gonna go in there. This is ob- she's obviously gave me a sign. I'm gonna go follow her into the bathroom. Well, that's just playing back into his whole like thought process of like trying to regain former glory. It's like, well, of course she wants me again because I'm back in that night. Yeah, he's still he's still 19 years old in his head. <laughs> he, yeah he's reliving the 19 18 year old while everybody else is in their 30s and 40s and 
thirties and he just hasn't gone past high school. Uh, poor King gay. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a funny joke. <laughs> that was, that was, someone crossed out, someone crossed out the, uh, crossed out the G. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there, well, was if, there any, if, go ahead, Keith. I was going to say, if, if we're at a good uh, middle point here, I can throw in some of the, my thoughts on the soundtrack. Of course. Do it. So looking at the playlist now, it's interesting going from movie to movie, how they do music. Cause the last one was kind of, they leaned heavy on the sixties and seventies sort of English rock and English pop. And uh, this time they moved it up to the eighties and nineties, which I was, uh, I don't have the exact information. It was probably off of Wikipedia or IMDB. just like how Joe's powerful brain does our research for us. Thanks Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, I guess uh, Simon Pegg and uh, right. You're right. We're, um, these were bands that they were really into when they were in high school. So, but yeah, that you got just these, I'm not terribly familiar with them, but I know of them and I know the folks they influence yeah, like your blur, your primal scream, your stone roses. It's a bunch of just like cool. It's a bunch of cool guy music, which is neat because the soundtrack fits with Gary. It's sort of like a Gary's playlist thing. of just like the, like if, if someone it's, if someone was 18 or 19 and they had a playlist like this, like they'd seem like a pretty cool guy. Like, oh man, they they like smart things. They probably read books and shit. But um, <laughs> yeah. the soundtrack does that old soundtrack thing where they have clips from the movie. Where like, like I remember old, uh, I, I can't name, I think like, like, okay, here's a real deep cut reference, but the Batman and Robin soundtrack had that. Where, <laughs> where the, the old, uh, they just have clips from the movie of like a cool scene of like Batman saying something. But in this, they'll, they'll have a, just like the title track is Let's Boo Boo, and it's just like a, a, them, them doing the Let's Boo Boo scene. That's awesome. It's like, um, it's like the oh, old sorry, DJ, old, you know, late, like mid 2000s of like when the DJ would pop on your song, like, bam, bam, bam. Like, did I yeah, download an illegal track <laughs> that has a shitty DJ on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to throw a shout out to that, uh, that, that door song that, the so, did the you guys catch the last Tornado rapper? Yes, I did. It was the green. Oh, no, Mitch. I missed it. It was after the apocalypse when Andy was farming and hit up against the fence. Okay. Because he was like referencing, like, there's only a few things I miss, and the Cornetto rapper hits the fence. Yeah. And it was green. What was the flavor? Green mint? Okay. For aliens. So what are all the what are all the flavors now? They got green mint. So you had red strawberry and Shaun of the Dead for blood zombies. Yeah. yeah. You I had think blue. Bl- there's blue and white, just like plain vanilla. For the cops in the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now green for the aliens. Right on. I'm getting king. <laughs> ah, what else we have? Um, yeah, I wish there was a, uh, like, the pub crawl here they're all like literally legitimately next door it wouldn't be as fun as the uh what this Did anyone else would... love the fact that the way we prevented an alien invasion of earth was just from the pure annoyance and stupidity of the human race love it cost it. Us, it cost us everything <laughs> like we're just too stubborn and pig-headed that hu- the human race is just like no nah, fuck you you can't tell us what to do that scene was, was so funny. It was childish. 
Yeah, he was probably just he was probably like an inch away from blackout drunk yelling at these glowing lights about how like horrible humans are. <laughs> and the whole part where he's like, I am the only Gary King. And then later he goes, There's a ton of Gary Kings. He's like, but you just said I know what I just said. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Oh, nope. I'll go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, go yeah. Ahead. I was just going to touch on a couple more uh, positive moments here. So there was the just a couple. It's a good. Uh, it's a good. Good podcast moments where you just like remember a scene and say you liked it and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> but course. anyways, there was the scene where um, uh, the sister I forget her name. Uh, they got Sam. in a fight with the twins, and he wanted a cigarette and. She, huh. Like he he went to go help her up, but he just asked her for a cigarette and then like walked away. <laughs> I thought that was that, that was a, some very good comedic timing there. It's a big thing for the movie, right? Like Gary King <laughs> legitimately never actually grows up. Like he <laughs> doesn't become a better person. Like even in the end of the movie, mm-hmm. he hasn't grown to a better person in the apocalypse. He's literally just rolling with his friends at the age he wants them to be at. <laughs> he literally never he stops drinking apparently but he never actually grows up he becomes like he becomes like you could he becomes a king though imagine if you're like 17 and this like like 34 year old 37 year old man child approaches you and like has a really cool taste in music and like knows a lot about drinking <laughs> like they would seem so cool <laughs> no keith they wouldn't they'd be a loser okay well if i was 17 years old i would think i would think keith Real life Keats, I think they were pretty cool. <laughs> What's uh <laughs> I don't think they were expecting it to be a a a sequel after this, but like they kind of did set it up in that small way of like we're on an adventure. <laughs> well, what's the adventure? Killing humans? I so mean Gary it seems like King's they're, they're just going around like bar like he's doing the golden mile again. It's just this water. Water. Yeah. Yeah, and that that scene really shows that uh, like Simon Pegg's like a big sci-fi guy. He loves he's, he loves sci-fi, and that's a good a good sci-fi trope is they're doing the like, well, like uh, these the the robots or whatever they call them aren't welcome here. You got to be full red human. Yeah, the blanks. But yeah, no, no blanks allowed. They kind of create that division, create that like sort of like civil war between the humans now. Like it's going on in the future. That's a very sci-fi thing. Uh, I know Ricky said earlier that there wasn't foreshadowing, but I caught a couple more. Uh, I didn't say that. That was Keith. Oh, Keith, my bad. Someone no, did. I'll blame. No, I'll Ricky's both full of shit. Did. He didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have the cop saying, "Don't get, don't get messy." When they got pulled over. Yeah. Uh, when they're driving through the village, Peter says, "Take one good look at it," because about the end of the night, it'll be in red. Oh yeah. Um. And then, like one of, th- it's not a foreshadowing thing, but it's like I like the reference because when they finally catch on to the fact that the blanks are catching on to them, so they try to act like, "Hey, we just have to act normal," and it goes back to Shaun of the Dead of, "Hey, we have to act like zombies yep. to move a- <laughs> to keep going place to place. You have to act like a zombie, and in some shape or form, that's the same way for this movie of that to act like a zombie." to go from point a to point b yeah what's the line they keep saying they're like they know that we know but we don't know that they know that we know (laughs) something like that like 
yeah they did one of those things yeah that's how it kind of went then andy went through the the uh (laughs) went through the mirror because he got belligerent drunk but i feel like every time he got belligerent drunk he got belligerently stronger yeah (laughs) so there was another reference to Shaun of the dead of uh or in all three movies of when Simon Pegg tries to jump a wall. Cause he does it when he's running away from the blanks. The good old fence gag. This time the, yeah. instead of like one segment falling over, it was returned to Shaun of the dead where the whole fence fell over. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. They, they, they did the fence bit again. That was nice. That was nice. Was there anything in this movie that you guys were kind of like, eh, not really. I really enjoyed the movie, like all together. It's just a f- like. I mean, Simon Pegg's character is a douchebag, but like all <laughs> together, like the movie's just a lot of fun. It's really enjoyable. Yeah, I th- I can't think of anything specific. I think they maybe could have cut the run play that like the the runtime down a little bit. It didn't. It was like it was almost a full two hours. This feels like a. It could have been a ninety minute production, but I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing really felt wasted. I'm not sure how they would have done it. It just it felt. I felt a little long would be my one critique, I suppose. It was an hour 40 out of the. Oh, I guess, yeah. I just saw an hour 49 on the thing. That was probably credits that it included, but. Oh, sorry. Hour 49. Yeah, it was an hour 40. So about an hour 50. Mm -hmm. While you had Shaun the Dead that went 140 and Hot Fuzz going a one. Two hours and one minute. Yeah, that's probably my. That's probably my. Yeah, I, I, these movies don't need to be two hours in in my mind. So what? An hour forty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, about an hour forty would be perfect. <laughs> nice, nice, crisp, crisp hour forty. But no, they, I mean they are. They, they're they're very good. I don't like. I'm trying to like. We spoke before the podcast about like rewatchability. I'm trying to think. I keep I keep trying to go back to like how rewatchable they are, and there's some there's something about I can't quite put my finger on it yet. But there's something about the Cornetto trilogy here that there none of them are terribly rewatchable for me. Like I, I won't like bend over backwards to go find Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead to watch it again. Like that's just an overall theme for me with these movies. Hmm. I found this one to be rewatch. Like this one feels rewatchable to me. I don't think it's like one of those ones that's going to like be in the rotation like every year or something. But like every once in a while, I'll probably see it and be like, oh, that's a good movie. I want to rewatch that now. It'd be good to like stumble upon it if it was like playing on TV in a hotel or something. Yeah, that's that's a good way to go about it. Yeah. If it's on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I For me, for any meh scenes, they... um. There wasn't really any, uh, I agree with you guys that, you know, it's just getting to the needy greedy part. I think to me, it was just more of the fact that Simon Pegg's character was that asshole who just every time like, oh, we're going to do this. And then you just see them waiting and stay, you know, like what's happening. Oh, he said he's going to go pee, but in reality he's playing uh need for speed. <laughs> he's playing need for speed. I think, yeah, he was like, they, he was clearly, we're, we're supposed to kind of hate the guy. And they, I think they try to like remedy that by him, like kind of like he's he's clearly ill, like he's he's a pretty sick he's a pretty sick guy, 
Yeah. So like he's, I mean, he's literally tried to kill himself. He's in treatment. Treatment didn't work. So I think that's sort of how they wrestle it, but maybe they could have had him be a little bit like have a couple more redeeming moments. I, I could see that. Like have a couple, a couple more moments where he shines a little bit. Cause I mean, so, there's legitimately nothing about him that like maybe at the end when he gets Sam to the car, like he finally starts redeeming himself. But like, yeah. even at the end, like he tries to ditch his friends still to finish the golden mile. Like, in the end, he is just a selfish asshole. There is no, there's there is nothing good about Gary King's character because there is no redeeming part to his character. Sure, he is mm-hmm. sober at the end, but we don't see that. Um, you know the elevate elevu- evolution of him. You know, there's no that one scene that like. You know, I should turn this around. His one scene is, I got to finish this golden mile. And even then, like, he's still, like, he's only focused on the golden mile. His, like, one good, like, his best friend, he still hasn't seen in years since the apocalypse. Like, he's blown him off to be, to stay a teenager. And I think that shorter runtime I was talking about might have helped with that. Like, if you would have had a, like, a little, maybe a little less time with them. Because I think the... That the, like the sort of deplorable character works. Like I often like, I kept thinking about. There's the I forget his name, the Michael Scott from The Office, but in the British version of The Office, he's completely unlikable. And in the American Office, like he, we're supposed to like him. He's like he has all these moments where he's like, oh, he actually cares about his people, or whatever. But in this, in the British, in in the British version, he's just there's nothing forgivable about him. Well, he's played by a terrible human being in the British one of Ricky <laughs> Gervais. So. Gervais. All, all that goddamn cancel culture out there. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're a terrible human being, that's kind of what happens. Yeah, he, he's a cancel culture guy. Very annoying. But um, yeah, that character can work, but you gotta you gotta do it right. I, yeah, I, I kind of liked him because I got a kick out of his like alcoholic logic. I thought it was fun to watch. <laughs> well, you are one, Keith. So. <laughs> Hey, I'm just watching movies here, man. <laughs> uh, Rose Rosemond Pike almost didn't get the part because she was pregnant while filming. So they uh reworked we they worked with her reschedule for all of them so they can get her in the movie. So Keith, what did you think of your second favorite Bond, Pierce Brosnan, over, you know, <laughs> number one, Timothy Dalton? Hey, all the fake movie experts out there, I got to get this record straight. Pierce Brosnan is superior Fifth to best. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is objectively the worst James Bond. We're doing a bit. This is all a bit. This is all sarcasm. Keith, why do you have your fingers crossed? <laughs> <laughs> why am I why am I why am I licking the poster on my wall? <laughs> yeah. Why do you have that Dalton poster? <laughs> Actually, I was gonna take uh, I was gonna take my Timothy Dalton poster down to the bar on the pub crawl, and I was gonna turn it into a glory hole. That was my <laughs> that was my plan for the poster after I'm done with it. But um, in all so reality, I, here I don't think I've ever seen Pierce Brosnan in something where I did not like him. Like, he is just legitimately a good actor. Yeah, I, I wish Dante's Peak were a series so we could watch it. <laughs> well, but no, Pierce Brosnan was, he, he's a, he just chewed those scenes up. He was, he clearly like, he acted the shit out of those little, he wasn't in it very much, but 
Not like I think what less than like five minutes. Yeah, but they gave him these just absurd lines, and he just like spat them out with total seriousness and like dignity, and he was so good at it. Loved it. Just loved it. I I, I like that scene of the uh, when he's breaking it down because it it kind of reminds of that the the monologue that um, Peg does in the beginning of the movie and about how oh Pierce Brosnan's character Mister Shepard's the best. Because he was just down to earth <laughs> and he's cool in this. And then they show up to the bar and, you know, he's there reading and he bought them all pup, bought beer and stuff. And he's like, all right. and he just does the same thing in the monologue. He's like, so guys, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> you know, and like starts teaching them. Did you notice through the entire movie how like the robots were learning about him as they'd go? <laughs> Like how when they first got there, like the robots were just like, whatever, we have one beer, it doesn't taste like anything. Like he gets to a later pub and like they have that memory now and like they just name off everything he said in the first pub. Oh yeah, with, like, the, yeah it's with the fruity finish. And, and, and <laughs> yeah. With the fruity, with a fruity fr- finish? Yeah. Yes, we we'll take it. that. <laughs> and like how then when they get to that last bar, like they have everything, like yeah, they have all the beers ready, they have Sam's vodka tonic ready. Like yeah. they're just learning as they go. And it was just, it's such a small, but really nice touch. <laughs> it's yeah. cool. And all, you know, it's cool about that. And like, you know, I think the one giveaway was, you know, when Oliver's character, Martin Freeman has a six on his forehead, on his side and he gets it a uh, laser, then he gets recreated, but it's like the dead giveaway of his sister, Sam's, like dead ex fling. It's like he died like four years ago. Oh yeah. But like, I really liked all those aspects. Like that was like, it's really smart storytelling. Like how they went about it. Like the aliens are there, but they're not like super intelligent. Like they have their own faults. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I I was just saying, I, I like that part of the fact of, they showed their hand in a, a way of like, well, remember him? Oops, you know, he's dead. Yeah, and like all all these little subtleties in the movie that we're talking about, they kind of add to the rewatchability. Like, if you were to ever like stumble upon this movie again, it'd be fun to like try to pick that shit out. Like when you're trying to like on a rewatch, and you're not just there for the beer jokes, but like trying to watch it again to pick up the the robot lore, try to figure out the greater universe. And, ooh, like maybe the movies are connected, maybe not. Let's try to do some like theory in my brain about how they're, how this is the, like maybe Shaun of the Dead happens after all this. And this is the, like, who knows? Like, but that's, yeah, the, what, sorry. I yeah, say, go ahead. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. You can just tell the writers care and they put the effort into the movie and they, it came they, out. Well, the writers of this was Peg and Frost. Yeah. And, you know... Huh? That was Wright and Peg. Um, I don't think Frost wrote it. I thought I saw Frost on the end titles, but... um, uh, Oh, it's Edgar and... uh, Yeah, it was Wright and Peg. Um, But, like, you know, one of the scenes in the movie, it's um, it's after... uh, at the first pub where Gary mocks Andy for drinking water, you know, and he replies about this whole rugby thing about, you know, after a rugby match, you go to a bar full with ugly bastards wearing war paint and you ask for top uh, tap water. That's having confidence. 
you know, that's taking balls. And then Gary does the exact same thing at the very end of the movie of going into a bar minus the fact that, that he's with blanks, but it's going into a bar with, you know, with ugly people, mm-hmm. with human tattoos saying human. And he's like, I want water. Oh yeah. They're, they're very clever. That was, that's a nice touch. Uh, one of the funny things, uh, random things, is the two bartenders from the first two bars are cousins, but they never oh. knew about it. <laughs> they just hadn't they, seen each other in a long yeah. time till they went to try out or whatever. So that's pretty funny. Oh, so guys. The, oh, sorry, there's one more. The, the, there's one more what? line in the movie I want to reference here. It's they were. Uh, it sort of touches on the. It sort of sums up the themes of how, whatever Gary King's a piece of shit. Is I think he says, "Let the man you've become be the boy you were." I love that line in the end. <laughs> I forget it was. I forget the exact context of it, but I wrote that down word for word because it's so funny. But let the man you've become be the boy you were. <laughs> it's like, don't grow up. <laughs> Just be a piece of shit. Well, isn't that everybody's dream to not grow up? Yeah. Some some people are Toys R Us kids, right? Yeah. Yes. Some... Oh, by the way, the uh, green is peppermint with chocolate chip. Okay. So I'll take that one or the uh, just plain vanilla. <laughs> I like a good uh, mint chip. I'll take a mint chip. That sounds nice. I, get, I got your mint chip. I'm a big strawberry boys. guy. I'll take I'll take the strawberry. Hey, look at us. We 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 can combine our powers here and create Voltron. Create a good ice cream sandwich. Voltron or Power Rangers, right? Yeah, create a good marmalade sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> very very marmalade. So, guys, budget like I said earlier was twenty million. So the gross for this movie domestically in the states it only got twenty six million. So international back. It got yeah. Um well uh Hot Fuzz got twenty-three million and Shaun of the Dead got thirteen million. Yeah, hey, I have Internas- an interruption here. 20, okay. twenty-six million US dollars is uh twenty-one million eight hundred and fifty-one thousand and fifty euros. So go on. That was super <laughs> important. <laughs> I had I had to stop everything to be like, what is happening? <laughs> I had to fuck up your flow. <laughs> yeah, hold no. on. I got hold some quick Google math for you. <laughs> Internationally, this movie got 20 million. Hot Fuzz got 57 million, and Shaun the Dead got 16 million. So it broke even in, internationally. So worldwide it got 46 million. So out of all three movies, Hot Fuzz did the best with 80 million worldwide. Weird, because spoiler alert, easily Hot Fuzz is lowest to me on the list of the three movies. Granted, the Predator made the most money of any of the Predator movies. So what the fuck does making money mean anything? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Uh, and Shaun the Dead worldwide got 30 million. So yeah. Yeah. So let's go to the box office for August 23rd or 2013. Ooh, 2013. Yep. 
Number 10, when it's fifth week with 3.9 million, Blue Jasmine. I don't know that one. It's, it's some indie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I saw that movie. Yeah. And it didn't star uh, Ryan Gosling. It was uh, Owen Wilson and Kate Blanchett. Same blonde guy, <laughs> sure. <laughs> First of all, don't you dare say Ryan Gosling is the same as Owen Wilson. Ryan Gosling is a dreamboat. Owen Wilson is a train wreck. Wow. That's my rebuttal. No, you, so hold silence. I want some air silence after the Owen Wilson reference. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> All right, hang on. So, wow. There, there you have it, <laughs> yeah, right, that, that was wonderful. Cool, cool. You're welcome, experts. <laughs> uh, number nine in its second week with 4.3 million, Kick-Ass 2. Still have never seen Kick-Ass 2. I've uh, seen bits and pieces, but never in whole. Didn't like it. <laughs> I liked Kick-Ass, but never saw yeah, it. I did too. Kick-Ass was great. Uh, number eight in its third week with 5.2 million, Elysium, uh, not Elysium, Piercy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters. People do not <laughs> like those movies because they're that so famous bad movie. compared to the books. <laughs> oh, was this in the middle of the... God, this is inspiring me. This is a live live inspiration here. We got to do some. We got to do a young adult series. This is like prime young adult oh, movie. Jesus, just Christ. not I'm like hung, fucking... I'm, I'm talking. Oh, he's <laughs> talking, talking Twilight. I'm talking you know Hunger that. Games. You know that. I'm talking Twilight. Not <laughs> not Hunger Games because like those movies are just so bad, and even the like the last book is really bad. Because I oh, read yeah. the books. The first two I... books are okay. The last book is bad. I hate read them and I actually enjoyed myself. I was like, no, fuck this. I'm going to read these books so I can make fun of these pieces of shit better. <laughs> so, uh, so Keith is a uh, big Timothy Dalton fan and loves that uh, there's teen drama. Loves Suzanne guys. Collins. <laughs> loves Suzanne and JK Rowling, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Me and JK have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah. You're both gigantically transphobic. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just hop onto Twitter have a couple of vodka tonics and some uh, Xanax and just, just fling those posts out. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a ride, right? <laughs> uh, number seven, when it's third week, Elysium was 6.9. <laughs> nice. Wait, which one was that again? Matt Damon. Right. Never saw that one. I saw it. it Is that fine. the one he goes like space or a planet, right? Then if that movie had grand, grand, big idea. Yeah. It was about like rich people get to survive and poor people have to die on earth. It was, it was a cool idea, but just poorly executed. So, so 2021 got it. Okay. Hey. I mean, it's a pretty big, like duo with Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. So. Oh yeah. It was a good idea. It was, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of like what Jeff Bezos wants or uh, Musk. Sorry, Musk. It, it's a Elon Musk fantasy. <laughs> Uh, number six in its first week with seven million. You're next. It's a horror film, like a a family getaway, and then there's some killer. Uh, number five in its third week with eight point five million. Planes. Is that the Snoop Dogg? No, it's no. It's, no. <laughs> it, it's like the car spinoff. Animated. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That has uh Dane Cook as voicing the main character. Damn. Yo, dog, Dane Cook here. The depths uh, of your brain for that. <laughs> nice something, job. right? No, not mm-hmm. reaching the depths of my brain. My small child loves the planes movies. Oh, that's fair. 
Also, I like planes more than original cars. Not better than Cars yeah. 3, though. Cars 3 is actually a good movie, unlike the rest of the Cars franchise. Noted. Nah. The cars okay. car, Cars franchise? No. <laughs> there's, there's three Cars movies. I'll kill you. <laughs> Can we do start doing some franchises that have maybe two movies involved and stuff, you know? We'll get to it. However, coming in at number four in its first week with 8.8 million, The World's End. Not the best opening. <laughs> coming in at number one in its third week, uh, coming in and number at number three in its first week with 9.3 million, The Mortals Instruments, City of Bones. I, wait, no. No, I didn't watch that recently. I'm thinking of a different one. Hey, I'll tell you what posters I've got up in my city of bones. Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Timothy Dalton, that's what. <laughs> it's an it's one of those um, it's another of those teen drama movies that Keith would love. <laughs> Coming in at number two in its third week with 13 million. We're the Millers. Fucking love that movie. Dude, no regrets, okay? No regrets. Oh man, that's yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh never seen it. It's also like that was one of the first comeback movies for uh Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. That's that was right. like her return like to acting and being like the mid mid-aged hot woman. Okay, when she finally fell herself. Yeah, oh god. What Keith? <laughs> I got it. Breaking <laughs> news. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, eight years ago, <laughs> Hansel, and Gretel, <laughs> Hansel and Gretel with Jeremy Renner came out that year. Great movie. Okay. Okay, Great go story, ahead, Keith. <laughs> Cool story. Thank you, Keith, for that information that we all need to know that eight years ago, Hansel and Gretel. Okay, there's a part. Uh, hold also, on. Hold okay. on. I got, a, I got a Hansel and Gretel moment. There's a scene where Jeremy Renner is talking to a child. And he says that's bullshit, son, in that movie. Thanks, Keith. That really fits into our the three flavor Cornetto trilogy we're talking about right now. Where where was Jeremy Renner in this movie? That's the true question. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna be Jeremy in the Bourne movies when we finally do the Bourne franchise. Oh god. Keith was Keith the worst Bourne. Keith's gonna ask for now on every movie. Where's uh, Jeremy Renner in this movie? Yeah. Hey uh, also. Okay, Jeremy Renner has his own Amazon page. He can buy clothes. Jeremy and Renner his song, has an album. album. He made music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can we move on to what the number was when the World Ends came out? So uh, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Keith is unveiling his side-by-side of Jeremy Renner and Timothy Dalton doing back-to-back. Got it, okay. Yeah, uh, coming my, in number my... one in its second week with 16 million, Lee Daniels, the butler. No, that okay. was that one of those Oscar? I think that was an Oscar-ass movie. Sounds like it. <laughs> Big Oscar energy. Yeah, when when they have like a a oh. a, a it's author's got a, name. name. <laughs> yeah, it's got Oprah in it. So definitely yeah, with the Oscars. Oscars. Yeah, she likes us being nominated. God damn, so that go- movie made a lot of money. That movie made almost $180 million off a $30 million budget. Ooh, but it was distributed by the Weinstein Company. Ugh. 
It's hard. Yeah. That, that's going to be as we move through movie history. It's going to be hard to avoid Weinstein movies. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jesus. Um, let's go to the ratings, shall we, guys? Uh, IMDb gave this a okay. IMDb gave this a seven out of ten. Fair. Seven point eight for Hot Fuzz and seven point nine for Shaun the Dead. I don't understand the Hot Fuzz love. Yeah, people love uh, that movie. If we go to all critics for Rotten Tomato, eighty nine for uh, for this at ninety one and ninety two for Hot Fuzz and uh, Shaun the Dead, uh, eighty seven for the cr- top critics from ninety and. Uh, 93, no, 91 for the uh, top critics for Rotten. Then the audience gave, here you go, Rick, uh, 71 for for the fans. Damn, that seems low. Coming out of, off of 89 and uh, 93. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, real, like, I remember hearing most people saying that, like, it was an okay but not great movie, and that's not how I felt coming off of it. Like it to me, it's a very good movie. Yeah. So let's rank these movies. Ranked everything. So let's do the characters first. With Simon Pegg's. So we have Shaun the Dead and Nicholas from Hot Fuzz. So where do you rank Gary the King? He's better than Nicholas. Ooh. But like it really came down for me, like the way he plays the character, like obviously terrible person, fucking hate mm-hmm. him. But like the way he played the character, I almost like his portrayal of Gary more than I like Sean, too. Like he just nailed this character so well. And it felt like such a well-played character. I've been debating this one for a while. I still think I'm going to go Sean, but it's closer than I thought it would be. So I'm going to go Sean, Gary, Nicholas. Okay, Keith. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna be um, a movie club with old Ricky there. It was close. It was very close. I like um, in Shaun of the Dead. He just he really captures that like sort of like blue collar like depressed life really good. And I I think he nailed that in that movie. He's like struggling with roommates. He's got red ink all over him. And I yeah. So Shaun of the Dead. Followed by World's End, followed by Hot Fuzz for Simon Pegg performances. Uh, I, I'm just going to stick with the one, two, three way of Sean, Nicholas, and Gary. I think for me, All it was right. just the fact that for me, it was the idea of well, the first time watching this movie, I just hated the character of Gary. Well, like you're supposed to hate the character. That's the whole point of him. Yeah, but I hated it. So. <laughs> Word. <laughs> they got me with that. I'm just going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. So, boys, Nick Frost characters. You have Danny, Ed, and Andy. So I feel like what they did was they combined Danny and Ed to make Andy. I feel like this is pretty clear cut for me. The Hot Fuzz Nick Frost to me was the best one. He was just like... He nailed the character in that one. Like that was a great performance. Then I go Andy, and then I'd go Shaun of the Dead. 
So Fuzz, World's End, uh, Shaun of the Dead for Nick Frost characters. Okay. Danny, Andy, and Ed. Keith? Yeah. All right. I thought I was going to be movie club buddies with Ricky Gam, but I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm going to be, um, I think, uh, Shaun, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, I think, is my favorite Nick Frost. Just because I love the... I, I have you like, down... I have it down for, for last week. You had Danny at number one. That's what I got from last time? Is that you what you had and, Danny okay. and Ed as number one and two. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go, because I like the stoner, like, weed dealer couch guy. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. number one. Oh, so you're followed by, uh, Okay. Yeah, followed by Hot Fuzz, because he's the action movie nerd guy, very good character. Followed by, like, midlife crisis rugby guy. Andy? Third. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. The, the Sean, Sean. Yeah, Fuzz, Sean, World's End. Fuzz, yeah, yeah. World's End. Yep, yep. Uh, I would be doing Danny as number one still. Ed for two. And then three is Andy. So. I think this is the, one of the first times where we've all differentiated on one of we these. We did. Yeah, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Look at us. So we did uh, Hot Fuzz, Sean, and then The World's End. So, boys, let's go to the villains. So you have zombies. Rick, for you, you had zombies and the town folk. And Keith, you were vice versa. So you had town folk and zombies, and I was with you with that. So, Rick, what about robots slash aliens? So sci-fi is always, like, that's my thing. Love sci-fi. Huge star, uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, the one with Nathan Fillion in it that's named Firefly, like all that shit just does it for me. Love alien stuff. So this is my favorite villain. These were the best. It was fucking creepy as shit. And like, just, I loved it. So I'm going this one, zombies, and then townsfolk. Okay. Keith, townsfolk, zombies, were, were robots slash aliens come and play. I'm feeling a little more confident with this one because oh, it's your yeah. opinion, bro. You know, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, so what do you think about it. There was this movie with Jeremy Renner in it. God, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> there was um, aliens from the sky and he was shooting arrows at him. No, um, no, I think <laughs> that was uh, the hurt locker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hurt, the hurt locker. That's where I keep my Timothy Dalton posters stack. But um, no, the first for on, uh, yeah, alien robots terrifying. They're number one. Number two is creepy cult. And then uh, I reached zombie saturation because I'm a like a pig idiot, and I still watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like zombies just don't quite do it for me like they used to. So zombie is number three. Um, for me. I would do Town Folk is still number one for me. Wow. Cool. They were good. And I then, like them. And then I'm going with the aliens and robots as my two, and zombies are three for me. So I think that was all differentiating opinions again. Yes. We yeah. all th- all three besides you two with Simon Pegg's character. Interesting. Very so wide ranging on this. <laughs> So since we forgot to, but we're, we're spinning up a little bit. So we're going to rank the movies 
through rewatchability. So, boys, how will you rank Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End in watchability? Of which one would you watch more, second to elite? You know, one, two, three. So, my star ratings will show what I think is the better movie, but I think on rewatchability, I'm going to go World's End number one, then Ooh. Shaun of the Dead, and then Hot I, Hot Fuzz to me at this point has no rewatchability, even though I thought it was a three-star movie. I have, there is no part of me that ever needs to see that movie again. Shaun of the Dead's just a classic. I could rewatch that at any point. I really enjoyed World's End, and it like hit a sci-fi note for me that really hit home. So this, to me, is the most rewatchable movie for me. Keith? Okay, um, so I'll I'll paint a picture. Oh no! So I I I won't use uh, me or I. So all the uh, the and say you an an individual is uh, in a living room. Their significant other, guy, gal, non-binary pal, however, whatever, has gone to bed, and there is a streaming service on the TV. And Cornetto Trilogy, for some reason, is a new feature. And uh, you've had a few of pints like are featured in this movie, and you want to have a nightcap and watch this, watch watch a Simon Pegg movie. I think in that moment, I th- it's a really it's a close it's a toss up, but I think Shaun of the Dead gets rewatchability. The whole time during this podcast, so we talked about it before the podcast. I wanted to do this movie because, like, spoiler, I like this movie more. But um, I think just because of the the classicness. That's a good new word. Classicness of Shaun of the Dead. I think Shaun of the Dead takes it, but it's essentially a tie in my mind between Shaun of the Dead and At World's End. Then uh, third place is uh, Hot Fuzz. Okay. So for me, I was was I was the one that picked these three. So I was like, I was super excited because of. To be honest, I've been like, you know, I really want to watch um, Hot Fuzz again to see where, and all three, most Hot Fuzz especially, to see where it would rank in the three of these. Because before the show, these three watching, I was like, Hot Fuzz is number one. Oh, it's just, it was so good. This, that. Number one for me, Sean the Dead. Number two for watchability, it's The World's End. So for me, Hot Fuzz was number one, is now three on the watchability list. So I blew my own damn mind here because watching The World's End this morning, I'm like, you know what? If I wanted to, I could watch this in a week or two. And if it, you know, if it was on TV. Or if I want to in a year or so, search it out. But for, it was weird that watching Hot Fuzz, I was like, I never have to watch this movie again. Like I had I, that same feeling. And I like I said, I was hyped for Hot Fuzz. And then all of a sudden, after watching this, I'm like, it's okay. It's good. It's good, but not as good as I thought it was. Yeah, it's not a way where I think it's a bad movie. It's just there's nothing about it that's like, I could watch that again and again. Something doesn't pull you in. It's just because there's like... I think the part of that movie that made it so good the first time was the mystery aspect of it. And when that's all gone, it doesn't quite hold the way it did before. Yeah. 
So let's go to our our ratings. Let's go to Starglazer. So Rick, want to give us a rundown of what we did for the past two? All right. So the lovely Star Glazer board. Uh, so far coming in, Shaun of the Dead has been the best of the Cornetto trilogy. Coming in at 4.2. Hot Fuzz came in at 3.2. So that has the Cornetto trilogy coming into this final one, sitting at an average of 3.7. So unless we're about to make World's End a complete flop, I think we're about to have a new franchise at the stop of the Star Glazer board as the Predator franchise only came in at two and a half stars. Most of that, okay, all of that coming from Predator. Mm-hmm. So, boys, time to get the world's end. I come in three and three quarter stars. Thought it's a really good movie. It doesn't have the high points, I would say, as Shaun of the Dead has. Uh, it doesn't have the low points that Hot Fuzz did. I just thought it was a very good movie. Uh, what did I give uh, the two? First two. So for Shaun of the Dead, you came in at four and a quarter stars. For okay. Hot Fuzz, you came in at three and a quarter stars. You and I actually matched up for those okay. movies. Keith came in at a quarter oh, star down on both movies. Oh, you told me. <laughs> <laughs> I was already mid-sentence. <laughs> I was like, Lord and Keeper of the Starglaze charts. No, don't tell me. I want to come in. <laughs> Uh, here, here, next time you can come and dry, okay? We're, we won't spit on you. We won't glaze you. Glaze you. Yeah, so I'm I'm covered in glaze over here, but um, I didn't hear what you said, so I don't know what I gave the last movie. So I'm still going in good. I'm good. You can't stop me. <laughs> Happy for you. Yeah, me. For, and- uh, but for me, I'll give it three and a half. <laughs> All right, that just leaves Keith to give his glaze. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, Joe's tossing out glaze ropes there. I'm it's sorry. fine. You, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> yeah. so me and Jimmy Renner and Tim, Timmy Dalton <laughs> over here. But yeah. Joe, what was Joe? What was it? was three and a half? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know what I gave the other ones, but I like this one the best. We can tell you. We can honestly tell you. <laughs> I, no, I don't want to know. Okay. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Four stars. Four stars. Wow. So Keith, you wow. match you match Shaun of the Dead because you gave Shaun of the Dead four. Okay, that's fine. So wow. That <laughs> will bring World's End in at a 3.8, which will have it fall in the Starglazer rating as our third best movie ever with the 3.8. So wow. that brings the Cornetto trilogy in at 3.7 star average to be our Highest rated franchise out of two franchises so far. So the Cornetto trilogy sits at the top. So if you combine, if you had the end, do you think Predators could win at the bad guys and the Cornetto trilogy? I would I think, love I think, a Cornetto take on <laughs> Predator, actually. I, I think really they good. can take, I think they can at least, I know like out of the five, there would probably be like the three or four dead, but I think uh, they have a shot to take at least one down. Yeah, I think a horde of zombies could take a predator down. So what would happen? What would happen? Oh wait, zombies or predators? Because you just said predators. So I'm trying to think they're taking out predators. Well, I think he said zombies are fighting predators now. Which okay, the whole the collective the collective force of the predator series versus the collective force of the Carnetto series. Oh no, the predators would win that easily. 
that yeah as i was saying i think i think peg's characters could always get one movie and and then they get the sequel and then they all get murdered <laughs> off air and it's a r- entirely new reboot that's how i would book my uh, cornetto predators Okay. But there you go, Keith. We are seven movies deep, and Predator still sits at the top of the Starglazer board. Okay. Essentially a perfect film. <laughs> it, it might end. We'll find wow. out. Because, <laughs> so this 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 is the last of the Cornetto uh, trilogy. As we're moving on, as we're going to be right. doing how many that's right nine movies as our next franchise we're doing is the fast and the furious franchise so did we decide to throw in hobbs and shaw i don't remember the yes we did okay excellent yes excellent. we did excellent so folks. then technically we're doing uh, 10. 10 movies yeah Man. cool <laughs> it's a lot it's yeah, a lot, it's a lot but it's gonna be so, it's gonna be fun hey me i can tell you me and rick we did a uh sit down and we watched what all six or all five in I think one it was sitting. Six. I think it was leading six. into Furious Seven. Yeah. So oh, we we we've sat and done one sitting, Keith. Like Star Wars, we've done Impressive. but but Fast and Furious. Okay. I don't know if we can do a sit down for all ten. Yeah, that'd be like, the thirty like hours. Five, nine days. Yeah. <laughs> Probably gonna just give a pass on that one. We can do like four and four, five and five. You you know. That's our goal so, mile. So <laughs> So yes, we're doing the Fast and Furious franchise, and uh, I'm super so excited is, because this isn't a picked franchise. This is just a movie franchise. Like gr- it's a group pick. We'll it's say. a group pick because the fact that when we do our tenth one, we'll be doing the most recent one, Fast Nine. It'll be a live release one. So that will be super excited. I know I'm excited because you know I can see it in Keith's eyes that he has to go through. Seven Vin Diesel movies. I've still never seen Tokyo Drift. Oh my god! Tokyo. Oh my god! Y'all, y'all are gonna get some fresh, fresh right off the right off the oven, like takes. Hot takes. Some hot hot takes. I'll let you know. A lot of people rank Tokyo Drift as the worst. I have Tokyo Drift like right in the middle for Fast and the Furious movies. I like Tokyo Drift. Okay, I don't want to go into it too much, but is there much drifting in it? You're fine. There's out. a like lot car, of drifting yeah. in it. Like car drifting? Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> the, well, then, yeah, it's probably, Keith, top, it's probably top the three. Word, <laughs> the, world, the word drift is in the movie. It's not, you know, yeah, they but, don't tease it. No Keith, bait and well, there ain't switch. Exa- <laughs> Keith, here's the spoiler alert. They drift in Tokyo quite a bit. Boom, roasted. So, sorry, next week we'll be doing the Fast and Furious franchise. Good old can, number uh, one. Good old number one. We're starting off with The Fast and the Furious 2001. So uh, that should be... Can't wait to see what we think of how the franchises start for what, what it starts with and where it's going to. All you need uh, to I know is that I'm in your face. Boom. So you can uh, go to uh, nosoentertainment.com to find all of our podcasts. You can uh, also listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to our podcast. They're stealing TVs with VCRs in them. That's what we're about to watch. <laughs>